This is Vivek, and you're listening to The 501 Hustle. The Palp channel is the most popular channel, and unlike the other communities I've seen where most people ask for help, but no one really answers it, it's like the opposite here. One person asks for help, and they get like 50 messages. Oh, wow. Yeah. You just heard from Maddie, the founder and CEO of Founders Cafe. Now in this episode, one of the first things you're gonna notice is Maddie's fun and wholesome vibe. It's not exactly the attitude you might think of when you think hustler. But that's why I loved interviewing her, because she brings a fresh perspective of what form a hustler might take. And in this episode, you're gonna hear how at 12, she created a Minecraft community that made over 60 grand. And at 19, she figured out how to make 120 grand. And now, after dropping out of Stanford and going through the grind of being a solo founder, she has created Founders Cafe, an incredibly engaged, collaborative community of some of the best founders in the country. Maddie is an expert at building communities. And as you'll hear, her long-term goal is to master the art of scaling intimacy. I hope you enjoy this episode of The 501 Hustle. Maddie is a gay solo founder who dropped out of Stanford to build her startup. She's building Founders Cafe because being a solo founder can be really isolating. When she left Stanford to work on her first startup, she lost four co-founders and a best friend. She woke up with anxiety, coded all day alone, and slept alone. Now for Founders Cafe, she's surrounded by friends every day. Her community has 130 members and does 6K in monthly recurring revenue. She's excited to build a world in which we all belong. I saw that you had gotten into entrepreneurship when you were 12, when you made a Minecraft community and made over $60,000. Yeah, it was really amazing. So at the time when I was 12, I had a lot of problems with my parents, actually. My mom was like, kind of controlling and she would not let me take charge and take agency of my own life she'd like you have to do this class you have to like do all this work I want you to get straight A's and I felt like I couldn't have any hobbies I couldn't do things because I enjoyed it and I also at school I was a huge loner it was just so annoying um, I, I did not fit in to the at least Asian group like they were all like hella studious and stuff but I was just so into tech and so into gaming at the time and I really felt like really alone so i think making that minecraft server when the first people came on like let's all be weird like this is cool i just want to spend time with y'all like every day every night like that was so wonderful these gave me a sense of agency that i never had and also it gave me a sense of connection that i didn't have either and also the money was amazing like i felt so powerful can you imagine just being yelled at every single day and then finally i have like a sense of power like having my own money i can get my own laptop now and it's really exciting is that when you realized that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and take it forward and continue to grow the online community space because i mean as you know community is like a big thing that everyone's trying to solve right now you seem to have figured that out at age 12. oh yeah i knew i wanted to get into entrepreneurship i knew i liked people i knew i liked money 
Um, so I really liked building things. I got into the Amazon thing and at Stanford when I was like a sophomore. Yeah. So that one was like, I guess the cash cow basically. So after my Facebook internship, I was like, oh my God, like I have a month to spend at home with my mom. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die here. I need to do something. So then I looked up like, okay, like how to make money online. When I tried the Amazon thing, holy shit, that thing made so much money. Like I remember I listed my product and like after like a few days, someone randomly just bought it. Can you imagine founders every day are just struggling to like get one paying customer, but on Amazon, someone randomly bought my listing that has zero reviews. Oh my God. And then from there, I just used all these like weird hacks. I think after the year, I ended up making 120,000 and I think maybe like 50% of it was profit. But yeah, that was like insane. But I think through that, I kind of realized money isn't everything. I really need fulfillment. So you at 12 made a Minecraft community, got into the online community world, ended up making 60 grand. And then at 19, you started listing products on Amazon and made over 120 grand. So this point, before you're even 20 years old, you're really understanding how to make, we're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. (laughs) And then at 20, you made Queer Chart, an online and offline community for 220 plus queer women at Stanford. And that's how you actually met your girlfriend and closest friends. Can you tell us about Queer Chart? Oh, yeah. So, oh my God. So I was like um, a junior and I was single and like kind of lonely. And like all my friends were, they were awesome. Like they were people I met my freshman year and kind of met through circumstance, not super like into queer stuff. So I kind of fell out of place when I started talking about a love life all the time or sex stuff all the time or queer stuff. But then when I started that queer community, I was suddenly surrounded by all these like queer women who are like into tech and like also like into girls. And we talk about drama all the time. (laughs) Oh, my God. You've mentioned multiple times now, whether it was your parents, whether it was navigating your identity, you you kind of felt left out. How's it been navigating, you know, the, the family tension or your identity in the entrepreneurship world? Have you felt that you've had support from, let's say, like venture capitalists or just founders in general? Or do you think that it's been a unique struggle or obstacle for you to have to overcome those challenges? I think just starting out, getting the support was pretty hard. Well, during Queer Chart days, it was it was fine because we like had this massive like queer team. But it was really like the loneliness and lack of support really started to hit when I took a year off to go back into Minnesota and work on Sesame. Sesame was like a co-study platform for students during quarantine. I was co-founding it with my best friend and my girlfriend, and we ran into a lot of conflicts. We had like this like equity fight and like all about should they get um, equal equity and then we ended up dis- disintegrating and I was a solo founder I guess for the rest of the year like really when I was when I was a solo founder it was just so hard I tried to find another co-founder and oof it's so horrible like it's kind of like the first person you meet on tinder like trying to marry them that's like what it's like <laughs> so I was just sitting there for a while like working on this dying thing and I didn't feel like I felt so anxious every day that I'm just questioning, why am I doing this? Why am I building this stuff when I feel like shit every day? I don't think I want that for myself. So you felt, you'd mentioned it again, the, the tension with your parents, you'd find a way to kind of get out of that through your Minecraft community at 12. And then at 19, you were reaping the success of the Amazon business. 
then you met some really incredible friends and your girlfriend from Queer Chart. So at this point, your life was pretty much like successfully going upward. And then at 21, it sounds like you you started to really experience a loss of friends, separation over and disagreement over equity and all the things that kind of happen when business and friends might mix. And I'm sure that was tough. But how did that lead to Founders Cafe, which you're working on now? Oh, yeah. So it's like a very intimate embedded community for like founders can go work together. A lot of founders from Stanford and what ends up happening is they are able to get so much support like, oh my God, do I do this LLC thing or C Corp or like, oh, I just got rejected or my sales did not close. Like, what am I doing wrong? And people all coming in to help support. That way people can get closer to a product market fit with like amazing friends. And then also, yeah, have more fun on the journey. <laughs> so you, you have yeah. founders from, you said Harvard, Stanford, and YC, and they're all joining this community to bounce ideas off each other, resource share. You've clearly become like a community expert. How do you monetize community? How are you able to keep this growing, sustainable, and support yourself? Oh, okay. So the monetizing for this community is members paying like a commitment fee, like monthly, yearly fee to join. And that helps print out all the freeloaders. It's really nice to just be surrounded by committed people. So that that's like the business model, I guess, and how I survive. Like I recently bought a car because of all the money. Um, but yeah, right now I'm at 60 MRR. Wow. So how many people are in your community? How many founders do you have? We have like about 130. I think this idea of charging to join the community is interesting because a lot of free communities out there, the problem is like quality control, right? Then there's like way too yeah. many people that join the community. It gets out of hand. It's not as engaging anymore. I know on deck, like, they charged a decently hefty price to be in like on deck catalyst and some other programs. But I think having to pay made people feel like they had to be engaged. It definitely was an incentive for you to not, like you said, freeload. What what are you seeing the key value add for? I know you said like support, like writing the proposal, but if I like surveyed some of your founders in your community and said, what are the top three to five things uh, you get out of being in this community? What do you think they would say? Oh, yeah. So one is close friends. They found really great friends who can really help their business. For example, when like Chris told me that when he first joined, he didn't like really have any close founder friends. All his friends in industry would give weird advice like, oh, you should change the name of it instead of like really genuine stuff. But when he joined, he met Luigi and now they do like bi-weekly calls and like help each other out. They have like their own group chats with other founders. So really making that network. That's one. And then I think next is like getting feedback on their problems. So there's like events like pitch deck review, product feedback, and now sales feedback. And then I think lastly, the help channel is the most popular channel. And unlike the other communities I've seen where most people ask for help, but no one really answers it. It's like the opposite here. One person asks for help and they get like 50 messages. Oh, wow. Yeah. How'd you get the engagement so high? I mean, was it like this in the very beginning or how did you get people so inspired and excited to help each other out? It's one thing to, like you said, post in the help channel, but it's one thing to get 50 responses. That's 50 people, busy founders going out of their way to help somebody else. Oh yeah. I think betting was like a big part of it because I wanted to make sure that everyone can contribute back to the community a bit, to create a very mutual space. So I had to like reject people who didn't, did not seem like they could contribute to the community. So then now you're just left with a community of really smart people can contribute to each other. And then the question is like, okay, how do you get them to like help each other? And I think for that, honestly, when the help channel started out, I like answered every single help thing. I also tagged other founders to help them. And then when 
that founder got help, they're like, oh my God, this is so good. I feel helped. And then they like help the other people next. You know, having an engaged community really goes to the leader of the community. How, how are they organizing it? Are they engaging with the founders? Like you said, you would go and answer all the help questions. So I could totally see you with your vibe, your personality. You're always smiling and happy. I'm sure you had a big role with your just personality and way of being to help build this community into what it is. Thank you so much. It's really awesome. And it's cool when like, I don't have to do anything and then people all help each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Do you see this as something that you're going to do full-time for the foreseeable future? Is this a next step to like find an incredible founder that you want to work with on their company? Or how do you see this growing in the future? I feel like I want to learn how to, like what it takes to scale intimacy. Like, you know, Girl Scouts, they did it. And I want that. And like, you know, if there, there's like this really fancy one, like EY or EO, where it's for founders or leaders who have like a few million in revenue and they've like learned to scale too, like that intimate community. So I think it would be very exciting to be able to scale the community and really make like a Michelin star community experience. I'm just really wanting to create like an intimate state founder community because that's like something I wish I had when I was building this stuff. Yeah. So, so you've, when did you start this again? When did you, what year? July, last July. Last July. Oh, so we're, we're coming up on a year. Early one year anniversary. So have you seen, I know it's been a little less than a year, so that might be tough, but you know, startups are growing at rapid paces. Have you seen people that entered and, you know, we're at like a pre-seed and now they're raising a solid seed round and have a lot of momentum going. And have you seen that journey and that change in some of the founders that join the community? Oh yeah, for sure. Pat, you finished raising $4 million, but at the same time, he's still like, his, his usage was very interesting to me because he, he's advising other like startups in the community so he still wants to be involved wow so you, you have all these founders that are they're coming in they're paying a membership fee they're helping each other out they're growing together they're supporting each other and then they don't seem to leave they want to stay yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> really exciting that is really exciting do you get people trying to apply to founders cafe all throughout the year in the past i think maybe like two weeks there's been 20 applications and i kind of just go through it whenever I have time and based on their like LinkedIn's and their answers to the screener, seem like a good fit, then I'll go ask them for an interview. And then from there, I just assess the personality. Basically, I'm looking for people who have a personality of liking to talk to people and also into giving back because like, I don't want like a community member to just take from the community and then start raising and then like, don't share the learnings back, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. People that want to give yeah. more than they'll take. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. Yeah. I mean, again, that's how you make a community... That's how you make intimacy scale, right? Yeah, I banned someone yesterday because they were snakes. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, what, I mean, can you give us a little more detail around that or whatever you're comfortable with? Basically, so they churned, but then they try to get back in the community by asking members for the Discord link. And then they got in and then I caught them and I banned them again. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, like, can we have a call? And then so we called and then... She like was very convincing. So I like let her back in. But then I talked to this other member and then he told me like, oh my God, this is so bad. This is what she did at um, Launch House. Like she basically tried to sneak into like one of the $4,500 rooms and like tried to like take over, run the speaker events. And she's like, when she talks to me, she's trying to get information, trying to get all this intros, but like not giving back. And I'm like, oh shit. And then I like, re-banned her. <laughs> Yeah. man that's that that's that's a tough job that you gotta i mean i feel like that person deserved it but still that's a tough job to have to like kick people out and tell them that 
Yeah, I think over time I've like developed like a tingle, you know, like in <laughs> Spider-Man. I mean, this sounds like an incredible community you've built. Community is something that everyone's trying to figure out how to nail. And it's really cool that you you found a passion for it at 12. You found great success at the age of 12. And then again at 19, and then again at 20, and then again now. So I'm excited to see how you keep building this community. You're, you're the best vibe. This was so fun. Oh my gosh, this is really fun too. I really appreciate your time. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, let me know if you're from the area. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, see you, Maddie. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, rate, review. All those things really do help. Have a great rest of your day. Keep hustling and we will catch you next time.